Welcome to the Taylor Price Podcast. I am your host, Taylor Price, obviously. Uh, on this episode, we're going to have my friend EJ Ijaya here. Uh, we're going to be doing this episode on my deck. Uh, fun things I wanted to talk about, namely that um, I've been getting a little bit of... There's a bee out here. Maybe that's one thing that's bad about this podcast being outside is that there's bees. Didn't even think about that. I forgot about the elements. Oh, no. I might have a wasp nest. That is not good. Oh, shit. I'm going to move over here. To hopefully. Not feel a hornet or a bee. Right here. Where did it go? No. No. I think there's a hole there. And that's not good. There's fucking hornets in my wall. Shit. Ah, oh, that's bad. Okay. Well, I'm going to play it by ear. Uh, some cool things have been happening, some updates for me um, on this episode. I mean, I've taken a, a little bit of a hiatus from recording podcasts. Um, I had some other things in the works. I've been, uh, it's it's been up to something season for me, just kind of like how Pat McAfee has been up to something too. Uh, he got his ESPN deal. Um, I got a opportunity and that opportunity is going to be featured here soon. Um, some of it is going to be bits and pieces of this podcast. Uh, so if you are seeing this uh, and you are watching the full episode, I appreciate you coming over from uh, wherever you found me at. Uh, so I appreciate that a lot. But with that being said, I'm still working on getting to a thousand subscribers. Um, and I'd appreciate if you and maybe somebody else next to you would subscribe to the sick channel and, and you would tell your friends. Um, that's the whole point uh, of growing is, is trying to learn how to grow your audience. And I, I'm just trying to learn from you guys. So any comments, questions, concerns, uh, anything you guys want me to talk about, funny topics, TikTok, send them my way. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TaylorPricePod. You can send them to me on Instagram at TaylorPricePodcast. Or if you want, you can follow me as well on TikTok at Taylor Price Pod. So feel free to follow me on all my socials. Thank you again for tuning into this episode. And uh, let's get into the episode. An injury like that so quick, they use like that as the new base mark. Like, oh, oh, yeah. AP does it with this type of rehab. We can judge, you know, from a normal athlete six to eight months. Is that off? Let me see. I don't know. Is it? No, I think it's on. No, it's it says off. That's what's been going on. I was wondering what oh, was going so on. Oh, so we on now? Yeah, you on now. There we go. No, keep go. Go, keep going. Oh, okay, bad, bad, bad. We can run it back too. <laughs> well, I mean, we I never really didn't even did an intro, so like. Oh yeah, no, we just kind of shooting the shits. Um, I was just checking audio, making sure audio was good. Like, oh, bad, bad, and bad. you and me shoot the shit for three hours, anyways. Yeah, I, figured, I was about to say we'll definitely recreate that content. But like the the benchmark for ACLs now, a AP did kind of ruin that, didn't he? He did. So he essentially changed the narrative of it all, right? So it used to be. Like, you know, regular person or, you know, high school to college level athlete. Uh, recovery time or clearing time was probably around like nine to ten months. Mm. Right. Just to make sure like that knee is good. The muscles around it is reinforced like you're 100 percent good. To you're go. good. But when you have a freak athlete like AP, right, he came back in six months. And, you know, one of my uh, physical therapists, uh, he's kind of like a third party like he does his own like neurological science thing and 
he essentially helped AP a little bit in his progress. Okay. And so he was there for maybe like two or three months helping him rehab with his ACL along with other physical therapists. And so he came back in six months, maybe six months and a couple of weeks. So he ruined essentially and not, you know, it's not set in stone, but he kind of recreated like, okay, if we add a harder workout regimen, right, a harder rehab regimen to the ACL, right, which includes like getting your quad strength back, getting the muscles around your knee back, calf, yeah. hamstring, like all those, like when you, you know, add more of a workout to that, they were like, okay, we can probably get these athletes back as soon as possible because at the end of the day, that's the goal. You know, the goal yeah. is to get the athlete back as soon as possible. Yeah. But as efficient as possible as well. You want them to, because the longevity of the athlete, honestly, like if you get, if you rush them back, the threat of re injury is the thing that you worry about long term. Like, are they doing more damage than they are just being able to get back? Yeah. I mean, AP, he was the workhorse for our team at the time. So, like, obviously he felt a weight on his shoulders to be like, hey, like, if I don't rehab quick enough, like, this team is is done without me. We have zero chance. Right. And he came back and ran for 2,000 yards. I mean, not only did he do something that a lot of people have a hard time doing, he did it after rehabbing one of the hardest injuries to rehab. Yeah. And he did it coming like that's where we got to remember that he is superhuman beyond a shadow of a doubt. Like they don't make humans like him very often. Yeah. And, you know, I was talking to my PT the other day and I'm just like, what's the rate of people re-tearing their ACL? Like what's Mm. the average? Yeah. And the average is literally two years. Yeah. So you imagine you did. And I'm I'm a living testament of like how intense the rehab is. Yeah. Um, I now have two different PTs in training house like every other day, like. Monday, Wednesday, Friday is one guy, right? And then um, Tuesday, Thursday is another guy. Like, mm. And it's different things, right? So Monday, Wednesday, Friday is like strength, power. Like you're going to move weight, activate that quad, like strengthen it back up. Tuesday, Thursday is more like movement-based. Okay. Right? So when you look at that, you put in all that work just for two years, to potentially re-tear it again like yeah it just dep- it, it depends that's disheartening on so many factors it depends on you know what kind of surgery they do right do they yeah. take your quad tendon do they take your patella tendon from your knee do they take your hamstring like each one of those like it's still being studied to this day like yeah which is the best which i mean one's the best right Ti- i think tiger woods if i remember correctly they did the hamstring because when he came I think about that too, like ACL injuries in high contact sports versus ACL injuries that are non-contact. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater had a non-contact ACL injury that nearly ended his career, and yet he came back and played professional football. So for a golfer, like, like they, we, we all say that like Tiger did something on one leg. He was still able to swing and walk the entire way. Like his, he's not playing a high contact sport. He still had both of his legs. Was it hard for him to do certain things? Absolutely, but and I don't doubt the pain. I mean, Tiger Woods—he's oh not—he's not the type to take drugs because he, it ruins your touch, and that's something I can attest to. When you, when I took painkillers in high school, I couldn't hit baseball the same. Right. Like it just didn't feel the same. It My swing sense, didn't feel the yeah. same. So I can I, I can know for a fact that Tiger taking any sort of drug will hinder his performance. So he took the brunt of the pain on a torn ACL and two fractures in his tibia. It was the two fractures in his tibia that hurt, not the ACL. But yet, 
he still won. So we have some awesome athletes like in our world. And I think as, as uh, medical, you know, as, as medicine gets better and as, as surgeries get better, we're just going to see so many more athletes coming back sooner and potentially doing what AP did, but I don't see it happening. See, soon. The, the thing is like, I remember, uh, so I was working this camp at North Texas, uh, Oklahoma coaches were there. I, the head coach wasn't there at the time, but it was just a, like three different like Texas schools. Uh, Oklahoma was there and it was just like a camp. And so like they wanted us players to work the camp with uh, the players and the coaches. And I just remember th- this coach, this, this one kid just got beat bad on a one-on-one. Like it was like <laughs> very, it, it was bad. Like I'm talking about a whoop and then ran a ran a out route and like the dude like slipped on the turf. It was embarrassing. Like you know me, like yeah, I'm, he, I'm dramatic. So he I'm got folded. Like, I mean, like, oh, we saw a lawn chair. All right, you know what I'm saying. But the one thing the coach said that kind of I didn't necessarily relate to, but I thought about. It. I, I think about it every day almost, and it's just like, oh yeah, you just got beat by DNA. Like you didn't get beat by just plain skill. You got beat because he is just genetically overall He's better, just better than, you. than you. Yeah. And so I kind of relate that to like high level athletes. Yeah. Right? Obviously, training plays a huge factor. Yeah. Like a massive factor in you know what you're going to produce on the field. But there's just sometimes there's just those unicorns out in the world, bro. That like that are just genetically gifted. And they're built for this one specific they thing. They are built for just like even one, maybe just multiple, but like mm. that specific thing that they train for. Yeah, they were built for that. Yeah, like they their bodies were built and sculpted by just that. Right. So yeah. I'm just sitting here like, how many unicorns are there really out in the world? Like AP who can really recover, not only recover in six months, but rush for oh, two thousand. Two K, I mean, two K in yards. Are you? Like, are he you was, shitting me? He was nine yards away from breaking the all-time record, and we and we were in a playoff push. So instead of letting him go further and potentially fumble and potentially lose the game for us, but also gain the record, we, he he was a team player. Mm-hmm. He did get carried off by the rest of his teammates, but if anything, he could have just ran right back on that field and nobody would have stopped him. Right. Been like, all right, all right, all right. Because like that, if I'm Brad Childress, who was the coach at the time, I would have let him go, hundred percent. Right. But you also got to win that game. I mean, it's against the Packers too, so you kind of are like, Hi. it's in running back. And you know, I'm speaking from playing running back in high school. Like I yeah. didn't play that at the college level, but like, would you argue that playing running back is one of the more physical, demanding positions, like yeah. top two? Because you obviously have. O-line, D-line, right, that yeah. are getting the, beaten, battered every play. I mean, car crashes every play, yeah. I mean, head-on collisions, literally every play. I think O-linemen, I think D-linemen, if you just take away linemen purely, like, yeah, running back, I mean, the longevity of a running back is five, six years. Yeah. And we can see that, like, the prime of most running backs is now in their early 20s, and the the draft is becoming the biggest place to find your, your running back for the next two or three years. Mm. I mean, we're seeing that change already we've seen that where i mean the only big profile running backs are the ones that can do more than just run downfield nowadays like the game has changed b john robinson for example i mean they're putting him out at slot receiver now. christian mccaffrey yeah i mean debo samuel is a wide receiver but they played him like a christian mccaffrey type running back for a 
predominant part of that season where he was just tearing apart the league. What they call him wide back? A wide back, yeah. I mean he hate he hates it because he wants to play wide receiver and I think that's a competitive attitude that a lot of receivers have. I mean, if you ask Randy Moss to play running back, of course he'd be an amazing yeah, running back. So and amazing he was an amazing punt returner, but we realize that his longevity and his game is best suited for just purely going long. Right? So when you find that unicorn that is Randy Moss, that is AP or, I mean, to me, some of the best receivers of all time could have done more, but were so good at what they did that you just you couldn't stop them at that. Yeah, Calvin Johnson, namely. I mean, that's a DNA beater out of anybody I can think what of. Was like, he like six five or six six with the wingspan and ability to cover the the whole span of a, an adult male elephant. Like, if you picture how big a goddamn elephant is, and you throw a ball anywhere oh. near at an elephant, and he can catch it. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Sports science proved that his his ability to go out and get a ball was as big as a African full-grown male elephant. That that is fucking huge. That's massive, bro. That means that that dude can cover more ground than anybody out on the field yeah. and you have to guard him? Yeah, I'm sorry, I don't care who you are, you're not doing it. It they doesn't matter. Bring an extra safety over. You'd have to find another Calvin Johnson to cover Calvin Johnson. And that's why he did what he did. Okay, I have a question for you then, since right. we're on the topic of Calvin Johnson. So you've seen, um, I personally believe that, you know, when you compare athletes from the early 2000s to, like, the athletes now, right, the modern-day athletes, let's just say from, like, 2017 to now, and then mm -hmm. you have, obviously, athletes from, like, 2000 to, like, I don't know, whenever. Yeah, 27. Right. Basically up until like the early 2012, Right, right. You know, you have different changes in generations and yeah. like different models of athletes, different frames, different abilities, right? So do you think these modern day like cornerbacks, DB safeties will be able to match up with older, the older receivers? So like the Chad Johnsons, the Calvin Johnsons, the, the Lair, or what was, how can I ever forget well, him? The um, Larry Fitzgerald. Thank you. I'm I mean, so, that's so embarrassing. The, the best, that. the best part about those receivers is like in the era that they played, they were so good is because they played the era, and those are versatile players that I think if you stick them in any era, they're adapting to their era. Mm. Now there are era players who play well in their era, i.e., I mean Reggie Bush is one of those I think of where like he was such a good running back in college football and that style when he got to the nfl it was such a different style that he had to adapt or die and he didn't necessarily adapt all that well mm -hmm. like he found some sort of skill set but nowadays his skill set is is much needed mm -hmm. had he shown that we would see reggie bush maybe potentially being a like a, a a guy we still talk about as being like a great running back of mm -hmm. all time so the, the physicality has definitely changed. A lot of body types are... All these guys are fucking huge nowadays. I mean, linemen are able to run sub four, four fives nowadays yeah, sometimes. I think is a little bit different now than it used to be. But the egos are so much greater now that those quarterbacks, of course, think that they can cover anybody. Right. And even in a game that doesn't promote what they do. I mean, and they're still performing at a high level. So I think some of the quarterbacks of today would be able to compete at any level. Yeah. And there are the select guys from the early 90s, early 2000s that would be able to adapt. Marvin Harrison, 
Larry Fitzgerald, Chad Johnson. Those are guys that I could. Steve Steve Smith did play it kind of across those eras. He played like a bully. Yeah, and that that was his own style, but he knew that he was not an era player, that his style was able to adapt or die to any era. I don't think the modern, if you need to think about the modern day nickel cornerback, right? Mm -hmm. You think of like a smaller guy who's number 23 on the Colts. Um, He's a very good nickel corner. I forgot his name. Um, It'll come to me eventually. But super talented nickel corner, probably one of the probably a top three like nickel corner in the game nickel safety whatever you want to call it but you match him up with a guy like steve smith with his body type his aggression his physicality like yeah we have yet to probably see like a slot receiver like match up like that like as far as like steve smith's stature like in a while and yeah you know, i don't know yeah so do you think but i mean we put they put larry fitzgerald in the slot and he destroyed any receiver or any corner any nickel any linebacker that yeah, they put was, on him. but he was more just of a finesse receiver and he, but he also was a physical specimen oh too oh my god yes yeah. so but you get i mean steve smith did play the slot so i mean it's kind of he played really everywhere now he, i think about it he yeah. played the deep ball he played the slot some of those slot guys that you see now putting him on the outside isn't a bad thing but it's always bait like you're just baiting them because you think it's a threat of going long. Those slot guys have speed, so you have to cover them over the middle because if you don't, they're going to get that one and slide out to the outside and get a first down mm-hmm. or catch it and get down and catch that six-yard you know, pump and dump over the middle mm-hmm. where they're not getting lit up. You know, hospital passes of 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 old. Hospital passes. <laughs> but nowadays, the receivers are able to protect themselves a lot more. There's protections against them as defenseless receivers, so they're they're going over the middle a little bit more, a little bit easier. But that's why they're not able to play that outside position because it's those bigger, physical, faster guys that are able to play the outside. I mean, DK Metcalf is a physical specimen. You're wasting his talents if you throw him in the slot. Yeah. That's why it is good to have. A, a, a Tyler Lockett or somebody else like in the slot, you know, guys who can complement a big physical specimen on the outside. I mean, Randy Moss had to complement of Chris fucking Carter and, and Jake Reed. I mean, even but you take that away and he still torched every defense because of his over the top threat. So you had to you you have to. I don't know. Those like you said, those are unicorns that we just have to acknowledge. And I don't know. There's a there. To flip the debate onto something funny, and I saw this the other day, and this is this is a way off topic, not even on football. No, go ahead. Uh, there's a debate going around. Do Fruit Loops have flavors? Do you do? You, I mean, this is a this has been going on. So, like, do you when you eat Fruit Loops? I'm on the side that there's no flavor. There is no flavors other than fruit flavor, like a tropical punch flavor, in Fruit Loops. But there are there's a a very large amount of people who think that there are flavors to Fruit Loops. Okay, this is interesting because I I'm remembering the taste of f- Fruit Fruit Loops. Loops, right? There is really only flavors in Fruit Loops when you add milk. So the milk so adds the, the flavor. The milk adds the flavor because when when I okay so when I used to, I used to actually love Fruit Loops top five cereal for me. Um, when I, oh my god, yeah, see. <laughs> I told you it's gonna get distracting a little bit. Out here. No, it's okay. So when I used to eat Fruit Loops, right? Like I, you know, those those cereals you can just take out the bag and eat. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. You can just oh, take out yeah. the bag, go crazy. You or when you were really young, like your mom would pack up a little Ziploc bag. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. Cocoa Cocoa Puffs are those. You, those you are feel those. Me? Like yeah. One of them. One of them ones. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? When it came to Fruit Loops for me, like 
if I ate like a handful of Fruit Loops, they all tasted the same. All the same flavor. They almost essentially tasted just dry. Yeah. Like almost dry, super, super dehydrated fruit. So with milk adds flavor. Without milk, all the same. I believe with milk, you add a little milk and let it get a little soggy, mm. you start tasting all the flavors of the Fruit Loops. So that's what's crazy is like that technically means that there are flavors to Fruit Loops. <laughs> there is. Uh, I if you add milk, if you eat it dry, dehydrated fruit. But then that's like fruity pebbles. Those are tinier versions of Fruit Loops. There's I've more nev- flavor in dry fruity pebbles than there is in dry. Fruit okay, pebbles. so there are different flavors of fruity pebbles. There, there is different d- flavors of fruity pebbles. Well, that's what's crazy. That the the debate right now is that there are not flavors of fruity pebbles, but there are flavors of Skittles. Well, it's like of course they label them on the goddamn package I'm of Skittles. I'm actually starting to think there's no flavor, like all the flavors in Skittles. It's all sugar, of yeah, course. I think it all tastes the same. And I, I, which which <laughs> Skittles are we talking about though? <laughs> What Skittles are t- the regular John's? But they have the tropical like- ones. They have all those. They have flavors. They all list them on the back. They have a picture of them and even like uh, you know little curvy even if letters. You're trying to take them one by one. You trying to take them one by one. You're not gonna get that much you, of a difference. When that's the thing that I, whenever you taste test anything, you're supposed to like drink some water in between to kind of like cleanse the palate. And if you do that, oh, all right, all right. So that that water, bro, water damner doesn't do anything. Okay. For real, for real, it really doesn't. So there's like ginger there's a Japanese game show, and this is going to go into a video that, that you and I are going to have to do. Yeah, I, right. So there's a Japanese game show, and I love this show. It's a comedy show, and they and I'm sure you've seen clips of it where they're like trapped. At, there's like 24 hours trapped in a gym, and then they get like attacked t- throughout the throughout the 24 hours. It's like not actually attacked, like with like foam swords and shit to like scare them and keep them up and keep them on their toes while they do certain quizzes and games well there's this one game that they play where they line up a bunch of brands of the same type of thing like milk or orange juice or coffee or beer and they're blindfolded to taste test one of them so they taste test the one and they are like all right i got the taste and then they have the 20 different brands and if they pick up one they have to sip it or eat it or whatever and they have to guess if that's the one that they sipped when their eyes were closed if they get it wrong obviously they get punished if they get it right they win some money Right, so how many different brands of fruit flavored things are there out there where you could like get them bite size and take a bite? I'm gonna do with drinks first because drinks are easy. Yeah, drinks are you gotta start off. That's I'm thinking of point. doing root beer because how many different flavors of how many different brands of root beer are there? I think there's really only like two. There's a bunch A and W, Barks, there? Mug, Killabrew. Oh, shit. I mean, there's like 50 different brands, and they're all at Cub Foods. I mean, shit, we could go to Cub Foods and like make a di- fucking video out of us just going like, look how many there are. That's crazy, bro. Because Rupi, I hated root beer as a kid. Oh my god, like. So you'll be a, so because you oh have god, very like, distinct palate f- towards it. I bet you you'd be really good at picking out what you don't like about oh it. Oh my god, yes. And you'll be able to know which one is which, bro. The fact of the matter is like. I don't even drink soda like as it is. So like I feel okay. like if I was to drink that test that game would be good for me cuz I'd be able to tell like for real. Like, you think and that, for, the, for me it's lemon lime soda because I want to find how many different lemon lime drinks are out there. I do love lemon lime. Drinks. See like I love Sprite, Sprite Mellow Yellow, yeah. um 7 Up. Right? Mellow Yellow is technically like a Mountain Dew type flavor for me. It is, yeah. It's so like, I'm going for the just the clear the clear drinks, right? Yeah. And I found maybe seven or eight brands. I'm trying to get to ten because I feel like ten is a solid number. Cub has their own off-brand. 
that I feel like I'll know exactly which one it is. You can just tell when something just tastes off brand. Right. It's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it just tastes poor. <laughs> well, I went I went to Cub and I'm like looking at all the brands of lemon lime soda and there's some Cubs that are like more fully stocked than others, but the Cub Foods brand is called Super Chill. <laughs> like bro, I'm so super chill, bro, dude. Simple chill, simple chill. Yeah, so I'm like, that is the worst name. That is the worst name for a soda out there. But that's gonna be one of the brands that are on there that I can definitely do. And uh, I I like Japanese game shows in general, so I'm gonna yeah, take some ideas. I used to from always them. see like them on like the shorts or like the IG reels, yeah. like very briefly. I'll just be like, bro, y'all have fun over there. Japanese game shows are way cooler than any game show we have here. Yeah. And it's because the stakes are higher. They are way sillier. And like, there's one that you should definitely check out. At least just look up highlights of. It's called Takeshi's Castle. You've probably seen it because it's on Spike TV as MXC, Most Extreme Elimination Challenge. They dubbed over it in English and they just did... They try to make it way wackier than even Takeshi's Castle already is, but it's just like, it, it like there's just a bunch of there's a wall of like six doors, two of them are real doors, all the rest of them are sealed shut, and you just have eighty people in a crowd trying to figure out which door is which, what? and then, and then there's progressively less doors and there's progressively less of them that open. So by the end of it, there's just two doors and only one of them opens, and there's just eighty people trying to go through the door all at once. Bro, that's a first one to the finish wins. Bro. That sounds like some, right? some rated E squid games. It's Fall Guys, basically. What Fall Guys is now is what that game was back in like the early 90s. That show came out in the early 90s. So Whoa. they're stealing. They're re- I mean, that's what movies are nowadays. We're just ripping ideas from the early 90s no, I and swear, 2000s I swear and to recycling God, That's standard with everything, though, like, like clothes, even like inspirations with food Ah, i get that i mean we're we're creatures of habit us humans i mean we we love what we love history essentially still repeats itself why do we think four chord songs are always popular it's because we love we like what we like you could be avant-garde as much as you want and you can be revolutionary i've never done something but if it doesn't capture the mind if it's not repeatable people are just gonna be like one and done good job oh that really cool thing that keeps happening over and over again it's sweet. <laughs> nice, yeah. It's like I mean, I love I love fashion trends and I love like cool things like or funny videos on TikTok, but like when somebody makes the same joke over and over and over And then again. try and spin off of the same joke, like make the same joke but like say it in a different light. It's like bro, like we're familiar with your game. Yeah. We get it. We we know what you're trying to do here. Well, I, I, that's why I like promoting originality. I feel like n- good movies nowadays like are hard to hard to find. That's why I like Jordan Peele. Like his his directing God, style yeah, is so no, good. That Jordan Peele, I honestly, um, I used to watch Key and Peele. Like oh, I yeah. used to binge watch that shit, and it, every episode was just so different and funny, bro. Like he just knew how to create like humor but along with like hidden messages within oh the show. everything and it's oh so God. funny how they can teach you something like about people it's like you just gotta have like a thicker skin almost right no it's bro this this life that we live in bro like people it's are whack. just <laughs> bro it's whack it'd be whack bro like this like i wake up like so i didn't even tell you about the challenge i was doing so it's like this okay. accountability challenge right i actually have it on my phone um so it's a six week these guys call it a fight camp okay it's fun it's kind of funny honestly it's not actually a it's fight not camp. actually a fight camp <laughs> but it, it's interesting so 
I walked into this men's meeting that I go to every Monday morning, and they were just like, hey, EJ, we're about to start this challenge. I'm just like, oh, okay, dope. Like, okay. what is it? And it was more so like a self-accountability challenge. Now, it's a self-accountability challenge because if you think about it, if you're able to hold yourself accountable to little things, like, for example, right, we have different categories, frame, fuel, and focus, right? So frame, we have 500 calories burned by exercise. So essentially every exercise that you do or throughout the day, you have to at least burn 500 calories. Okay. So when you look at a five, like burning 500 calories in a workout, mm. it's that's actually kind of hard. It is. So like even today, like my boxing workout, like I just put the bag, I did like two minutes on the bag, two minutes jump roping. Okay. And then just like 20 reps of uh, the ab roller. And even I only hit like 400 and like, 50 calories i'm just like bro i'm sweating like i'm going hard like i only burned 450 like i have 50 more calories to go so then i just stretched or whatever but i'm like okay yeah. hitting 500 calories is actually kind of hard in a workout. yeah it's pretty intense i've noticed that like incline treadmill has been a, a, a easy one for me to get calories but like you're not work, you're only really working core and legs and like trying to work work more of this like upper area you're right it's like way harder to, it's hard it's really it's hard to, hard bro like yeah essentially you would really you would really for sure hit it in like a hit workout mm. like you would definitely burn about 500 calories if you got like an hour hit workout yeah you know what i'm saying with like yeah. different exercises like burpees treadmill like you know well that's why like i i mean we think back to gym class and like our gym teachers were pretty effective at least getting us to like do a bunch of different stuff because like i never felt like yeah, I feel like if you just tried, like just yeah. a little bit, put a little effort into like PE class in high school, then you we will, talked about that in the last podcast. You'll definitely burn a little bit. <laughs> we talked about all the people that just like didn't try, and we're like, all you had to do was just try. All you had to do was like, like you know, when you're on the line, and you coach says get a three step burst. Yeah, that's damn near all you needed to do in gym class, just a three step burst, and then coast. And then coach was like, all right, good. Or Miss O'Rourke was like. That's all I wanted. That's all I asked for. Oh, the my bare God. Minimum. That's so funny. So then after that, you had 10 minutes, 10 plus minutes of mobility and stretching. So at some sort of stretch after. Right? Yeah. Then you have the fuel. No booze, no processed sugar, gallon water, no caffeine afternoon, seven hours of total sleep. That includes naps. So if you take a nap in the middle of the day, you can add that up. Yep. And then the focus part is read 10 plus pages. 10 plus minutes of mindfulness practice, five minutes of social media cap. So like, I literally only get five minutes of social media. Like I don't even have it. Like I didn't delete it, but I just don't even go on there. Yeah. Throughout we counted YouTube, but I mean, YouTube's fine, but like, I, I don't count YouTube because YouTube to me, like if I'm scrolling too much, then I like, then I, I have to like bro, stop my brain. Find, like different podcasts, bro. Like yeah. I was watching the pivot and I am athlete, like yeah, just gaining some sort of insight on life. I got to find, so I'm, I, I'm trying to get back into like pushing myself to really focus on golf again, because when I, when I get going on something, like my brain just keeps pushing and like, that's where like this new opportunity with Tom Bernard is something that. I'm like, I'm, I gotta like slow my brain down. Cause I have all these ideas of like what I want to do. And like, now that like this wedding has been kind of, the wedding planning has been going good, but then sometimes it goes haywire on like things that I didn't think would ever go wrong. You never expected it to just hit yeah. left. Yeah. So, but like, as I'm doing that, like opportunities are popping up and I'm like trying to take it slow. So like with that, you know, I have a show idea for Tom 
that I wanted to do. And the person I wanted to do it with was somebody that was supposed to be in the in the wedding. Mm-hmm. Well, now he's not in the wedding. Oh, yeah. Is he still going to the wedding? He said he wants to go. And I feel like if I read the text out loud, it makes it him sound really bad. And I don't want to hold that against him because every part of me, when it happened, wanted to be mad. But I wasn't. What's so crazy is that I wasn't mad. I was, and it sounds like a dad, but I was genuinely so disappointed. Like Damn, that's worse than even. I felt so betrayed by somebody who, like, in reality, like, I haven't known for that long, but still put a lot of trust in and some faith into, and have helped him out by like purchasing his his merch and stuff and promoting it and doing these behind the scenes for him. And I'm like. At the end of the day, if it didn't work out, it's out of my control. And being mad about it is not going to solve the issue. And ruining a friendship isn't going to solve the issue. So that all came in like in a huge wave in about five seconds where like all that emotion flooded through me. Some anxiety, some some betrayal, some disappointment. But then at the end of it, it was quick to acceptance. Like I, I quickly accepted the fact that I couldn't change it. And that I had to move on. And that if the only way for this to make me happy was to find some silver lining somehow. Mm. My silver lining was I have three people who still want to be in my wedding, who showed up to the, to the, the fitting on time and have shown up for me and have like proven to me that they care. Her brother has gone out of his way to, um, you know, talk with us and make sure that we're okay and uh has has really put a lot of focus in like taking trying to take care of our like idea of what marriage is yeah so i'm thankful at the end of the day i got three guys even though it's going to look weird to have three and four like i don't care my wedding's going to go down everyone's still going to be happy and i at the end of the day all i want to do is marry this woman amen i ain't going to let anybody get in the way of that cuz if it's supposed to happen it's supposed to happen that's yeah. that's just where I'm at now. Yeah. So like with with that kind of fatalism type mantra with that, I, I had to realize that like if anything with Tom Bernard is gonna work out, I have to be patient. There's a lot of life lessons that came in like the past few weeks of just like going through struggling, you know, to plan the wedding and struggling to find motivation to keep pushing forward in this in this podcasting realm. Mm. But like I'm I've doubled my subscribers in the past month. I've put out like three or four really successful videos. I've made a lot of networking opportunities happen. So like I'm, I got to find that silver lining. Otherwise, like you just get bogged down by all that shit. Like there's so much negative energy out there and you just can't let it get to you. It takes, you know, what I love what you said is in that wave of five, what you say, five seconds? It was like five seconds. The wave of five seconds you were able to, essentially feel all those emotions go through you but at the end of the day like you were mature enough and understanding enough and accepting enough of yourself and the situation that you're able to just you know calm down think rationally yeah and accept things for how it was right you have the people the, the people that came through for you they came through for you um at the end of the day like the wedding is gonna happen 
Is everything going to be perfect? No. Is everything in life going to be perfect? Not at all. But at the same time, it just, I don't know, I tell my homies all the time, like it takes such a great deal of maturity to just really sit back and not let anger just overcome you. Yeah. Because I'm sure there's a lot of days like where me and you both just want to choose violence that day. Oh my gosh, I have that so often, bro. Like where I really was just like, I want to choose violence. But I've I've gotten to this point, and I'm sure you have as well. Yeah. You've gotten to this point where it's just like, you don't even want to add more stress on your plate, like being angry. Like, yeah. You know how much energy, think about like all the times you were ever angry. Yeah. Right? And think of how tired you felt after tired and just stressed. After Dude, the you fact. sleep pretty good after that, but it's not, it's not a you fun sleep, sleep good, but you wake up with still like the lingering anger. Yeah. You're like you. gritting your teeth when you're going to bed. It's like, it's just not like you wake up with a tension headache. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. I get. I mean, holding a grudge is not fun. Like, and I, I had to be mature enough to release some of those old grudges that I had, like when I was like twenty six, twenty seven, because I felt like it was holding me back from dating Lexi. Like I, yeah. like just the start of the relationship, I was holding on to all this old stuff that I was. I mean, she she thanks me for it now because of like the job that she's in now, like the drama that these girls create, like. You, you just like I I don't I didn't want anybody to ruin our relationship, so I was like very quiet about it at first. Yeah. And like to some people that may have been like, oh, you weren't trying to showcase it, you're trying to hide it. Da, da, da. It's like no, I'm trying to protect it. You know how hard that is to do, protect your relationship when you when you know other people are trying to ruin it. It is hard. So there are little things like that that occur that you have to like. I don't know. I I just realized that my past was getting in the way. So like I wanted to not let that happen and protect our relationship i think an important thing was like she was understanding of the situation like it it, it took her a little bit it but just yeah it just helps so much and i'm speaking even from experience it, it yeah. just helps so much when you have a, a partner that will like understand you right so a lot of yeah. the times in like my past relationships i felt misunderstood right so even in like my recent one i was just like you're not really hearing what I'm saying. like, or You're not listening to what I'm saying, right? You're hearing me, but you're not allowing yourself to comprehend what I'm saying first before, you know, you have your, your own opinion. And it's okay. Like, it's okay. Like, we, yeah. I like to have more discussions now instead of arguments. Like, if we get into arguments at this point, it's just like, you know, I don't, that we're not getting anywhere. Yeah. Heated debates don't, don't really, like. They don't solve nothing, bro. Like, I'm trying to sit here and. My, I think one of my biggest problems is when I try too hard to get people to understand. When I try and force, like, es- yeah, essentially force my agenda. And I don't try to force it, but I just feel like the, th- the thought process that I had in my head makes so much sense to me. And I want you to understand it so bad. I'm willing to literally, like, no, like, your opinion's validated, but I need you to listen to yeah. what I'm saying instead of just... If you're not understanding, like, it's okay. Like, let's try and find a middle ground. Yeah, and that's that's what comes with marriage, and you'll find that, too. Like, I'm I'm learning that, like, and this this is something that you said. Like, you want to be able to know that the person you're with isn't, is, is, like, taking what you're saying and hearing it. Like, carrying, seeing your words and, like, seeing that they carry weight. Right. Like, when, when your words hit me, like, they, I feel them. Not just, like, they brush you off of you. Like, I actually think that when sometimes when she's trying to say something and she's not clearly what's saying what she means i'm finding the longer that we've been together i know exactly what she's saying even when she's not saying right. exactly what she's right. what she means 
that comes with time and that comes with patience too. And like some people nowadays, actually a lot of people nowadays are not patient enough to learn that with the new person because they're just, it just takes so much effort and it's because they want to be angry. And like you said, anger takes so much out of you. Like, why are you, why are we starting off the relationship arguing? Like we should, we should converse and understand each other. If those things keep happening and I keep fucking up, then yes, yell at me. I want to, I want, I can learn from my mistakes, Mm -hmm. but it takes patience. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is I've, I've noticed that like with her, she's learning to be a little bit more patient with herself because I'm very patient with her. And sometimes she even has to like take a second to like look back at herself and be like, all right, like that's a learning thing. And we all beat ourselves up. I do it a lot. But like at the end of the day, I can tell that like that attitude that she has is a good thing because she wants to change. If the person doesn't want to change, they're not even going to think that what they did is bad. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree to a certain extent because the passion that you do have or your, your, your woman has or any woman out there, the passion that they have to really like, you know, fix things in the relationship. It may seem as anger at, at first, mm-hmm. at first glance, you know, and like, I, I do believe like genuinely like when a woman does love you, like she genuinely wants to fix it. Right. Even oh, yeah. If she gets mad. Now, we both done been on the other side where like if they <laughs> get mad, they going to say some very some things that are just going to sting like you. Gonna feel oh, yeah. Wounded after. Oh, yeah. Right? And, and, I, and you have to tell them, though, you have to tell them, like, hey, that hurts. Like what you say matters. It hurts. Oh, my. Gosh. I hear you. But that hurt. It t- yeah, no, it took me a while to really just be like, because I don't do well with disrespect, right? Like, I don't think a lot of guys do. Think about this, brother. We as men, out of everything in this world, crave respect from amongst our peers. Every day is a battle of respect amongst mm-hmm. men, right? In the workplace, in the podcast realm, in the athlete realm. I'm like, we demand respect. Like, that's just us as men. Like, we need respect, like we need to, I need to feel like I can respect you. Well, it's cause, it's cause like our value is tied to what we provide. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what it comes down to now when it comes to love, the end of the day, like that's what women like cherish more than anything. Mm-hmm. They, they want to feel loved by their friends, their partner, their mother, their father. They, they want to feel loved. Like that's what's missing for them. Men. Would it, would it be nice to feel loved? Absolutely. hundred percent. Like, but at the end of the day, like I think, I can only really speak for myself, but I think most men would really just demand more respect than like actual love. Because if we feel respected, then that's our love language. Yeah, and and, and how guys respect each other is kind of funny because like it it really depends on like the group of friends or like the group of guys you're with. But like some people respect you in different ways, whether right. it's like or literally they disrespect you because they respect you because they love they they think you so highly of you they want to bring you down to their level because like they're like dude you're fucking awesome like we can't say that because we feel threatened but yeah. we don't we don't want to hold it against you because we're not haters like there are those people that like acknowledge your skill level know that you're great but like are intimidated by it and they don't but they don't want to say anything and or do anything to to ruin that right and get in the way there are those guys that are just genuinely jealous and that happens everywhere oh my god that happens oh god that happens more often than none well it's because we're competitive i mean i know a lot of people out there will say like well women are competitive too they are absolutely but it's not like built in your dna like it is for a guy like a guy literally wakes up in the morning and like the first primal thing that our brains do is like food 
in like survival. Like it's literally like, all right, like they, we check our surroundings. Mm. I don't know if anybody else does that, but I wake up and I'm like, is everything still here? Right. Yeah. Like, are we all safe? Like it's a primal thing. I don't do it because my brain goes, you better check this. It, it's before my brain even turns on. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm scanning the room like a fucking robot. I'm like, I'm like, then I'm awake. I'm like, all right, gotta take a shit. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the real reason my brain probably woke me up is like, like priorities. Right. Yeah, you gotta take a <laughs> shit, but first, before you take a shit, make sure the room is secure. Like, check your corners. Like, it is, it's a primal thing. Like, yeah. I don't, I know that for a fact. Like, I, I wake up and like, I don't know, like you said, like you kind of fight yourself. You know, like you're, we're we're we have to contain ourselves as guys. Like we're. Like we're craving that respect and it's almost so primal that we're willing to fight for it. Some people are. We will fight and claw for our respect. Yeah. Because it's like if anybody sits up, sits here and disrespects you, like you're, I know you are not going to take that. Like you're not going to take it lightly at all. I, I just know you. I know your character as an individual. I think that's the last thing. I'm a, I'm a words guy because like for me, like ment- it's, it's all up here. Like I'm a very like I know how to like outwork somebody mentally because even if they want to beat my ass, like I'm saying something where like I stop them and they're like, Oh, I got to think about that because the, before you even get physical, everything is mental. Like there has to be something Like you don't just see another person and go, I'm going to fight them. There's something inside that causes you to go, all right, I don't like that guy. Yeah. He has something I don't, uh, that I want, or he's looks funny. I don't know. Fuck it. People always find something inside their head to like put a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. So it depends on how, and I think what it comes down to is the perspective of it. Yeah. Right. Are you going to use that to bring out hateful energy? Like, man, mm. I hate this guy like because he has this or this specific thing. Or are you going to use that as some sort of motivation but for yourself? Yeah. Right? You can you can view someone like, you have something that I don't, brother. Like, you have the way you express your words, the way you express your emotions, the way you express um, things logically to people. Like, they they clearly understand, right? So you're able to... That's why you're a great salesman. Like, you you are a great salesman. You're able to finesse your way into situations without being overbearing, without seeming like, without appearing as a threat or disrespectful to somebody, right? right. Like, I have that to a certain extent because I get annoyed. <laughs> like, I get I get annoyed with people when they, like, they don't hear me or understand me. So, like, sometimes my tone will shift. But mm. you have a very soothing voice where it's just like, okay, like, let's think about this rationally. Me... I think about it rationally, but then I'm just like, all right, bro, you're not getting it. It's okay. Like, I'm just going to step. Like, it's, it's cool. Like, it's, it's all right, it's bro. Ki- it's kind of funny because, like, I've noticed, like, there's certain shows or, like, that I'm, like, interested in. I've been watching Suits recently. It's a show about lawyers. Mm. And I was like, I was like, you in that suit, that picture you sent me of that real estate, I was like, bro, you could have been a lawyer, too. <laughs> Shit. My parents told me I could have been a lawyer. So, like, this, this, this show is funny because there's two different personality types of, like, the types of lawyers that they, like, kind of highlight. There's the guy that's, like, super cocky, super, like, bully, super this and that because he just knows that he's he's so good at what he does. Right. Uh, like, but then there's the smooth guy who's, like, intimidating because he, you think the threat of him knowing more than you is the threat. Mm. Like, and he might always have something up his sleeve that you're just, like, I have the upper hand. And he's, like, well, you think you have the upper hand, but really you just worked for me. That's something that, like, I don't know. I always aspired to be that guy that's, like, super sly on the inside where you're, like, you don't suspect me. And then all of a sudden you're, like, oh, wait, he's the threat? A mystery. The dark horse. And and that came from our high school because everybody 
was a dick and doubted what I could do. So I'm like, all right, fine, doubt me. I'll I'll play up the loser side of it. And then when I go out and just set a benchmark or something, you just have to be like, you just have to either hate or get on board. Mm. And everybody at Spring Lake Park chose hate. We had such a grimy high school. We bro. had a haterade filled. We had some hating ass dudes in our high school. Oh, the one I bad don't part. Do well with bees. The one bad thing Get about doing it outside. Get away from me. <laughs> He's out of here. He's out of here. He's gone. Oh my that's God. the one thing that's bad about doing the bro, podcast outside. I don't. <laughs> the one bad thing about doing it outside. Bro, I don't do well with bees, bro. Oh. <laughs> All right, I got something to cheer you up. I need you to open that. See, see this thing right here that's on your left? No, right on on this. Yeah, slide that open and grab what's in there. Bro, you strategically did this, bro. What is this? I did do that You're strategically. You're smooth as hell, bro. I ain't gonna lie. I did that strategically because this man has been helpful. He came in clutch when I needed a groomsman. So I got a formal invitation from my man here to my wedding. My dog. Oh, so, man. I appreciate you, brother. And Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I appreciate you. I brother. appreciate you coming in clutch because right now, I mean, I've had two groomsmen drop out already. So, like, I don't, and I don't have any more backups, man. So, like, I, I'm, I appreciate you and I am thankful for you. And you can obviously bring your plus one if she would like to go. You can let her know that it's going to be an awesome wedding at a winery. Absolutely. I, and I got some Crow River Winery in in the crib right here that we can try before you go Absolutely. to give it a taste. Oh, damn, I can't even drink right now. Oh, you can't? That's fine. I'll take a I'll take a cup and save it. Well, we can we can de- you're going to have a bunch at the wedding for sure. Oh my god. Oh yeah, Cuz there's there's going to be wine for all over sure. the place. But there's going to be drinks. There's going to be a whole bar and everything. We're going to do uh an hour of free drinks where it's on me. So yeah, everyone's can go fucking crazy. I don't right. give a shit. Like buy up the bar. I don't care. They 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 will not run out. They will not. They assured Ooh, me they will not run out. Yeah. But then after that, everything will be on you guys. But then the best part is like Crow River Winery is a um, is a like a very nice place. Actually, you know what? I've heard so many good reviews about like the Saint Croix Winery. That one in specific you're talking about, because I was talking about some, I was talking about that with somebody yesterday about like good wineries and like. The Twin Cities area. Someone said St. Croix. Like, well, th- this one's in Hutchinson, and like they were very. I mean, the lady alley was like just like when she showed us the place. They were super accommodating. They had pizza when we walked in. Like for the tour, they were like, they they had wine ready for us and everything. Our names were on everything. Like they were just like, they down to a T. They cared about everything. It was like when Michael Jordan walked into Nike. Like they had all of his stuff up. Right. They were like, "Hey, Michael, like welcome, like." When you feel welcomed by a place after you've toured like five different venues and they're just like, yep, this is where we have the weddings. Yep, this is where we have this. that. Yeah, we got like 20 weddings this month. We're going to have to da da da. It's like, I. Just trying to flex. I don't want to be a part of the pond. I want to be an individual. Right. Like, and that was a key point because of the whole family debacle on the other side of the sister and all that stuff. So for me, that's what sold me on this place. That's like, huge. I didn't even take pictures. I was like, we were our first tour. I was, I had wine in my hand and I was so just like a fucking tourist in Italy. I was, I could, I forgot to take pictures. I was just. Astonished, bro. That'd be the best moment though. When like you just look at someone with your own eyes yeah. and like you don't have to feel like you got to pull out your phone to show everybody. Too many times nowadays people are taking out their phones in situations oh where God, they should bro. just embrace the moment. Bro, just enjoy it, bro. Like 
That's where, like, when people take out their phones at, at, like, sporting events, it blows my mind. It's like, it's already fucking recorded. Yeah, you can Your picture back, isn't yeah. going to do shit compared to the photographers that are based That are already taking pictures, yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, Getty Photos is going to make you have a little... Who gives a shit? Ah, I'm really not worried about this shit, man. Unless you're up close and personal, I don't give a shit. If you're, up, if you're, if you're front row, cool. You're allowed to it, but if your phone gets knocked out into a into the thing of beer, I am not. I am laughing. I'm laughing. I'm laughing. Laugh. What? You think I'm gonna help? I'm gonna laugh. Oh, we went to a St. Paul Saints game with my new coworkers, and the St. Paul Saints hit back to back on the second one. On the second home run, this dude caught it in his beer cup, splashes all over him and his and his and his girl, and then he just chugs the beer. And I was like. Respect. Real one, nah. He's real one for that. I ain't gonna lie. If you get, he could have been mad or something. Well, if you go to a game and you catch a ball in your cup, it's it's mandatory you drink what's left in the cup. It doesn't matter how much gets on That's you hard. either. You better chug the rest of that, and if it gets all over you, good. Like that is that is the point. That's hard. I ain't gonna lie. He I, a G for that. Hey, <laughs> he a G for that. I the only cool thing I've ever done in the stands, like I've only ever caught one foul ball, and it was at a spring training game, and I saved my grandma. We we're just like talking she's not paying attention because she does not like baseball foul ball like bounces off the top of the dugout and it was coming hard where all these people like moved out of the way because they were not trying to catch it and i just went probably sat down cool as hell i got i watched the broadcast and they like kind of like the broadcasters like they're like look at this smug little guy and they called me (laughs) smug little guy and i was like i was like 24 at the time but like i look like i do now so like obviously I got called 12 by Tom Bernard. He's like, he's 70, so like, I guess he can get away with that. Right, yeah. Let him breathe. Well, everybody we'll in the radio, everybody in the radio industry is a lot older. Like, this is. It makes sense, yeah. But like podcasting, you can be whatever age and it doesn't matter. Everyone nowadays wants to be on a podcast. Dude, have you ever like tuned into those like relationship podcasts? Have you ever <sighs> like taken a listen? I I, I came so here bad. with the intentions of asking you that question because it pisses me off every time I see people with a relationship podcast just talking rubbish and nonsense, bro. And most of the time it's like they the like girls will say like they're icks and like they're always just some ridiculous like, oh, he gets on the bed and keeps his socks on for a little too long. Or, like, it's it's always something Bro, mind-numbingly stupid. It just blows my soul. And she's like, that was my ick, time. and that's why we're not together. And it's like, but every other thing that you were looking for in the relationship was fine. It was just that he put his socks on, that he had mismatched socks or something. Like, what the fuck? Bro, I, so I haven't been on Twitter in a few days because of my little social media hiatus. But there's this... um they always make these memes, bro, of like women just saying something very head ass or saying something along the lines of, uh, one of my exes, um, if a guy bends over and, and uh, if he bends over and ties his shoes. And so, like, after they say that, it'll be like a transition to like the notes. Oh, with the list of eggs. <laughs> things guys can't do. Things guys can't do. It was like guys can't breathe, guys can't snore. How long is this list? Bro, the list has gotten, the last time I seen it, the list is like at like 80 things now. Guys I'm, can't get medic- pedicures or manicures. I'm just like, bro, y'all. Guys can't get haircuts. This one time, my ex-boyfriend got a haircut. I said, bro. And he broke up with me after, so that's my ick from now on. It's like, oh, my God. So, I cut my own hair now. I can't go to a fucking barbershop. I got to cut my own hair at home because my girl can't stand it. She thinks I'm talking shit. I think this shit's just hilarious. It is now. funny. I, mean, I just think it's hilarious now. Every, like, 
And he's and I need to change my algorithm on IG because that's all I see is just relationship modern women. How do we change our algorithm? I want to know. So I actually figured it out. My homie told me. He was like, you have to just start liking like things. You have to start liking things, right? So the more thing, the more posts you like, the more that'll show up on your algorithm. Okay. So like for example, like I like anime, as everybody I think in the world knows, or anybody who knows me, like anybody who's watched this podcast. Hey, hey, I love anime. I, my legs. He's got the anime. He got the anime legs. You know, I just start liking just like things I like, like sports, anime. Uh, food things like I like all these different things. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if like I barely even watch it, I will still click like. The over the next week, I'll start seeing that on my explore page. More of that, yeah. I'll just start okay. Seeing more of that, right? So I even started uh, liking um, like small, short little like Bible scriptures or short little like videos of people talking about God in the Bible. So I started liking them. I'm like, all right, let's see if this start popping up. A week later, that's all I'm seeing on my TL. So yeah. I'm just like thank God. That, that happened to me on Twitter because, like, I noticed that, like, my likes and the things that, are like, it recommends to me on that, like, for you side of Twitter are typically now, like, funny videos or, like, videos that are viral. So, like, mm. I'm getting the more viral videos now. And this one that I bookmarked that I wanted to pull up. This is dude is on a bike, and he got chased by a bear. Oh, shit. So... Oh. A bear, <laughs> literally a bear oh, on his shit. mountain bike, and he's like, "It's just like how how fast would you pedal in that scenario?" Like this dude pedals for his life. He's just he's just getting ready for his nice little his little ride. And he's like, "All right, cool, I'm going I've down." I've seen this. Yeah, and he looks to his right. He looks left. Looks right, and there's just a grizzly oh. bear. Just like, oh hey homie, oh you going somewhere? Let me. Sh- <laughs> I got I you. I'm going with adrenaline you. Adrenaline kicked in so fast, and he's he's dying a lot. He's killing that oh, bear bro. right now. The best part is, is towards the end of this, like, he gets to the end, right? He gets up on a branch. He ditches the bike. He starts running. <gasps> gets starts Crazy running. Crazy man. This is a fucking, this is a cartoon. He hides behind a fucking tree. The bear will never see me. And there's, like, guns going off. Look at the bear. Where the fuck, where you go? Oh, I would shit myself. And there's just guns going off in the background. Oh, this is such a gnarly video. And the, the caption is that this guy never pedaled harder in his life. Oh, you know he was done biking after that. Like, he, he had to been Yeah, done. that trail is done. No yeah, more no, of that trail. never going back on that trail. Because I did the assault bike the other day. And it's the moment I got off on the third set, my legs were fried. Bro, Bro that the adrenaline going through his system is like... Oh, it wouldn't end until he got, like, home. Yeah, and his heartbeat was, like, 160 plus. 170. Like, oh, yeah. my God. I would be frightened for my life. Speaking of bears, that's actually funny. I was watching, uh, like, UFC fights. I, like, every other, like, week I watch, like, free UFC fights on YouTube. Yeah, that's me, I, too. Yeah, I, just, I love UFC, bro. I love that shit. I get all the Russian channel ones. I got to start watching them. They're, they're on the Russian. There's a Russian UFC channel. It's actually really funny you bring that up. Guess who I was watching? Who? Khabib. Hell yeah. I was watching Khabib uh, highlights and stuff, and then a video came up of him wrestling bears and shit. Oh, yeah. When he was a fucking kid, his dad Five has Five years old. A, 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 not even a, like, it's a cub, but if you think about the scenario, like, where's the mother? The mother's so intimidated by the Dermagomedov family that she won't even protect her cub, which is what their instinct is to do. No, yeah, and so where they train, I, I watched the thing today. Um, it was... Uh, 
the Dekaskin, Dekasin, I think that's the, the Dag- Dagestan. Dagestan, there we go. Thank you, bro. That's see, see, that's why I need someone like you. <laughs> <laughs> so there was Dagestan, and then there was another country, and then there was a mount, a huge mountain mm. that splits, um, like that west, that was the eastern part of Europe, and uh, I believe it's an Asian country. Georgia, well, Georgia's down there too, okay. right? Georgia's like right over the mountain, right? So you have Dagestan, the mountain, and then Georgia. And so that's where Khabib trains, essentially those mountains. That's where his whole family is trained yeah. for, like... The mountains of Dagestan are, like... The a- longest time, like, they've trained there, like, forever. And since they were all young, like, they just befriended the bears. Hmm. Like, on some generational type shit. Like, the bears just, like, know... They recognize their face. They recognize, like, their stature. Like, they recognize who the person is. So, like, yeah, they I- come up to them and, like, either play, fight with them, or, like, let them pet, like, the bears... I just love the idea of the bears being like, yeah, we normally would bite people and like rip people apart, but those Namagamedovs. We're going to leave them alone. We well, like I them. don't want to get armbarred, motherfucker. Like I'm them. a bear. We like them. I don't got health care. I don't get to fucking recover. Right. Bears don't got no insurance. I guess I, I, got that Northwest I get my arm broken by Khabib <laughs> and I'm a bear. Like, I'm fucked. I can't survive anymore. I feel like if Khabib was to actually break an arm of a bear, I feel like the bear would go straight into animal instinct mode and eat his head off probably but then khabib is also a legend so i feel like that bear is probably dead that cub is probably a corpse what dmx say if you see me wrestling with the grizzly bear he said he said help the bear yeah that, that's what khabib <laughs> and khabib was listening to that song as he's wrestling the bear he's like somebody better go get some help bro, for this guy bro help the bear call 911 for the bear that's what i mean it's like the bear's mom is like, like should should be intervening but there's a level of respect with those dagestani guys where like even if you're a bear it's like i'm all right honey i'm family. dropping off the little cup to the 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 khabib's family you did what <laughs> You you left them with Khabib? Daddy, daddy and some tree barks. It's like, what did you say? What is wrong with you? <laughs> what? I thought they were just going to play oh and have some fun. God, you bro. left them with Khabib? That's got to be that's hilarious. That'd no. be a funny that'd be a funny like cartoon Khabib and, a, and the bear, Khabib and the cub. So if you got all right, question since you love UFC, right? Would you ever if one of the UFC fighters, let's just say she used the mountain of Thailand cuz they go crazy in Thailand. Yeah. With uh, Muay Thai kickboxing, right? If they were to ask you to go up and train in the mountains for a month with them, just on some cool, like friendly shit, obviously you're gonna be up there training. Sparring. I'm gonna get my ass beat. That's what's would gonna happen. Would you go though? Uh, I would. I would. You would because it, it's an opportunity in life you can't pass up. Like if my, if Tiger Muay Thai like goes, hey, like this is an opportunity that you can do this. Obviously, I know I'm probably gonna get hurt. Like you're a novice, and like they're gonna try to take care of you. I I would hope. But, like, yeah, I would do it. Why not? I mean, it's a chance to, like, round out certain skills that you – if you're if you're a MMA fighter, Muay Thai is a big part of it. And I've done a little bit of jujitsu, but, like, shit, throwing strikes, like, those Muay Thai guys have a weird way about them where a lot of them are really successful. And they, yeah. like, turn out to be just insane fighters, tough they, they they fucking kick metal poles, for God's sakes, half the time. Like, these dudes metal are – Metal poles, trees, like yeah. – I've seen a Muay Thai guy chop down, chop down a, tree. a tree. Yep, we talking about the same video. Like, uh, he chopped down an entire fucking tree. He chopped remember, down a tree with his fucking leg, man. He kicked the fucking tree and the bark was just flying off. I'm just like, there's no way. Sports Science is one of my favorite shows, and I quoted it earlier, but they had a Muay Thai guy kick through a baseball bat. And he fucking did it. Like, it was nothing. And just like, these dudes are built differently. Bro, 
yo shins, bro, had to been like. Oh. There's a level. There's a level of just like sheer, I guess. What's the word I'm even looking for? Like sheer. I mean, it's psychotic to pain me. Pain tolerance or yeah. like. Structural damage or structural reinforcement that happens to you your just, shins. You just go to a dark place and forget about pain. Like you just have to. Like there's, there's, there's every athlete hits that. There's a, there's a threshold where like the, the pain versus like the performance. Like they just don't, you know, like the performance drops when the pain is too high. Yeah. But then there's some guys that just like can work through the pain. The thing about, I love about the whole AP thing coming back from an ACL is he ran for two thousand yards with a sports hernia. Does anybody know what a sports hernia is? Because a sports hernia is when your pelvis feels like it's ripping apart. And I don't know about you, but I couldn't run when I had my sports hernia about two months ago. I could not run. And if anybody would have tried to tackle me, I'd be on the floor writhing in pain. So the fact that he was getting tackled head on multiple times a game and still ran for 2,000 yards after surgically getting his knee repaired, this man is bionic question for you oh i got a question for you okay so you being an athlete i'm sure you've went through your different levels of pain Mm. right and through going through those different levels of pain you've developed the pain tolerance right now when you add that pain tolerance right you take that you put that to the side now you think of a pain tolerance so severe you have to do like cortisone shots or like mm. painkillers. Yeah. In that sense, right? And we know as far as the NFL goes, a lot of them dudes take cortisone yeah. shots. Like, they have to. Like they I, I don't want to drop any names, but like I know a few dudes that cortisone shots or like they're taking some sort of foreign substance to either mask the pain or increasing recovery. Do you think by taking those cortisone shots or those extra supplements, the, those foreign substances, mm-hmm. do you think that attributes to, do you think it increases or decreases the pain tolerance you would typically have during your sport? I wonder about that because, like, if you're numbing the pain, you're not feeling it, but you're... Like your body does. Like you, Your body still feels it, but mentally you don't feel it. Yeah, and I think there's only one true way to, to determine if your brain feels the pain or not and that's if your brain shuts off because of the pain or not because if you black out because of the pain or your brain blacks out because it's trying to protect you that's when you know the pain is so high whether you feel it or not that something severe has happened for me it's like or if you go into shock like i went into shock on a baseball field because i had my shoulder broken i also fainted on a baseball field because i had a ball hit off of my arm it didn't break my arm, but the pain was so severe because my arm wasn't broken because there was so much damage. That had it been broken, I probably would have went into shock. But because my brain knew that the amount of pain was high enough that I needed to prote- it needed to protect me, it made me faint. Even though it wasn't so severe that it caused me to go into shock. Right. So there's levels. There's like, there's just like your brain knows when you're in danger. My brain knew that like, Whatever I was feeling, whatever I was going through when I my arm got hit by a line drive, like something needed to stop. Either either my brain was either getting too hot because like it was trying to rush the blood to the area, or it was trying to protect me from trying to be too tough and trying to tough it out while all that blood was not going to my head. Shit. Right? Your brain is magnificent. Yeah. Right? That's why UFC fighters, when they get older, they get what's called chinny. Like 
the more times you get knocked out, the more likely you are to get knocked out. It's because your brain is trying to protect you because it knows you're tough. It knows you're willing to take those shots. Right. Chuck Liddell talked about that, and that's a guy who everyone unanimously thought was like the, one of the toughest guys of all time. He started getting knocked out a lot easier, especially in his older age, just because he never let his brain recover. He never let his brain get back to thinking and recovering to its fullest extent. It just it had to keep protecting him because it knew the damage. Mm. So, for for me, like you're gonna you're gonna see like cortisone, you're gonna see all that stuff a lot. I think it attributes to how early some guys retire because it's an artificial thing. Your body's not is conditioned to a new thing, and then after you're done, or once you get like later on in your career, your body can't handle that as much. Yeah, exactly. Because like the amount of cortisone you're gonna need to keep adding on to keep circumventing your body, getting used to it mm-hmm. is just so much. Yeah, and at that point, it becomes a drug. Yeah, and then like you're an you're, addiction. You're you're you. Your your body's very good at u- using nutrients to help itself, and I think creatine, since it's so highly studied, I need to get more of it. I need to do more of it because it's it's a good thing for your body. That's incredible. Your body already produces it in the first place. And we need to we need to like get more people taking creatine. But those those are small things. Those are like like receptors in your brain that need to be fixed, like mine. Like I don't know, people do that by taking antidepressants and what have you. Those things. Even those small drugs like that, you get used to. Yeah. So the more times you do something, the more times you take cortisone, I imagine it's going to make your body get used to it, and you're going to need more of it to not feel that pain or to be able to perform at a high level. Mm. Something that, like, I don't know. There's this guy named David Goggins. I don't know if you've heard <laughs> of him. Psycho. That dude's a but, psychopath. But I, I respect everything he stands for. But imagine being him and going to a doctor and the doctor being like, you have no cartilage in your knees. I don't know how you're able to do this. Like, you need cortisone shots, you need this, you need that. And he's like, no. No, I've been doing this my entire life the way I've been doing it. Why would I take this now just so I don't feel some pain? He's like, I've been feeling this pain. Like you he said, just, there's there's levels. There's levels to it. As soon as he hit that threshold where his, his body and his mind are like, well, this is pain, but I can deal with it, he just pushes forward. And, like, there's... there. No, he he's a psychopath. He is one crazy... But listening to him motivates me because I, I mean, what we're doing is not scary. Like we're talking into microphones. Like what could I be scared about? Same thing when I'm talking to people at work, when I'm interviewing people that I think are famous. Like I'm just like, they're regular people at the end of the day. We could be doing something so much scarier. That's why I fucking, if I was on Fear Factor, I would love that show. Doing so, so much adrenaline, bro. Testing oh, yourself, doing that adrenaline. That's what I love. I fucking love that shit. That's what I, I that's essentially what I want. I didn't want to do Fear Factor because I'm afraid of heights. Because they, they, they do be dropping you in like a taxi not from like <laughs> above a dam I, or something. I some think shit. I said this in the last podcast. Like, I'm deathly afraid of heights. But like, one thing I found adrenaline in was MMA. Yeah. Right? Because think about just, you know, you get in a fight, bro. Yeah. Like, do we actually want to get in a fight? No. More than likely not. But, like, everyone gets that. Both sides get that fight or flight. And that really tests you just as an individual. It tests your character. It tests you as a man. Like, mano and mano. Even if you're just sparring, like, on some light shit. Like, yeah. you obviously are doing your best to not get beat up. Like, that's that's your pride on the line, yeah. essentially. It doesn't get no... The biggest the biggest thing is getting hit. Like, if you if you get hit, that's like... Like, you, you made yourself a target. You got hit. Now you're like, all right, well, now I'm damaged. I'm trying to hit this guy back. But for me, like, I like, 
I would be a defensive like boxer. I'd be a defensive type fighter because like I'm trying not to get hit and I'm just trying to capitalize on your mistakes. Right. I'm I know that like I wouldn't have a good enough game plan to out with you offensively for me it's like let me use your game plan well, it against depends you on your weight class brother like you could you could come back here three months later 20 pounds heavier jacked just looking like a damn looking like a damn <laughs> <laughs> I, I, if i get on some tea i mean i'm sure i could i could take some tea and i mean start getting jacked i need to i mean i'm with you i need to get back in the gym and like look, work a little bit more on like eating healthier Cause I feel like that's a lifestyle choice that like I got a challenge you can we you can start on Monday. Might as well send it to me. I'll send it to you. Yeah, might I'll send well. it to you after this, bro. I got like eight of my guys doing well. No, like six of my guys doing yeah. this. It's uh essentially, bro. I'm just gonna find it right now. Yeah, just send it to me. I'm about to find it right now, and I'm. I mean, we're it. we're making moves. I've been I I said this as like an intro to my, like this is, some Pat McAfee says, but it's it's up to something season. We've been up to something. I I've definitely been up to something. You've been cooking, bro. I've been cooking because I'm not like, gonna lie. I've been cooking, and I'm gonna keep doing that because I don't know any other way. Like I, I've noticed that like I'm my happiest when I'm pushing f- towards a goal. It's not the goal that makes me happy. It's not the attaining the goal that makes it's me the happy. purpose. It's the fact that I'm doing something. I'm out there pushing towards something. I find so much joy in practice nowadays. And I did when I was younger. Like, I loved hitting off the tee. I loved, like, getting nitty-gritty and learning, like, little things to, like, improve my game, whether it was just, like, how to throw the ball right from the outfield, like, how to get into the right position or whatever. Little things like that are always, like, super cool to me. So, like, any t- any chance you get to, like, improve your game, whether it's little or big, like, you should take it. Like, I, had I agree. A, I, I have a hard time... I did have a hard time when I was younger taking criticism because I thought I was always right, but then I was like a junior or sophomore or something like that. And like, I just realized like no one wants a small 5'8 guy who's like, who thinks he knows it all. Mm. Like, if I'm workable, if I'm able to be measurable, like any team's going to be like, all right, I can use this guy. He knows, he knows his strengths and he knows our strengths. He's just going to capitalize on that. I got hurt. That's fine. But like, at the end of the day, when you, I'm going to adapt that into golf because, like, when I go play golf later, I'm going to practice. I'm going to love the practice. And then when I go play, I'm not even going to worry as much as because I put in the work. It's like clockwork. Yeah. It's literally like clockwork. I think more people need to practice more. In everything, though, like in everything that they do. Like, here, I'm about to actually send you this right now. This is a separate challenge. It essentially has the same things, but just, like, a couple different things. Don't worry about the names in there. Those are just my other homies. See, it's so, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna just tell you something that's so funny that I didn't like about my friends when I told them about this challenge. So there was, out of the eight people I told, six of them wanted to do it. Right, the other two were just like, "I'm good. I know damn well I'm not gonna do it." And I was like, "No, that's okay. Like this is a self accountability challenge. I'm not gonna tell you to do shit. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you to do a damn thing. This is up to you. And there's negative reinforcement that's come with this, right?" Two of them were, oh, so out of the six now, three of them tried to make contingencies for themselves, right? And I wanted a group FaceTime, like, okay, I'm going to create this, but I also want everyone to bounce ideas off. Like, if there's something you yeah. don't like on here, like, please say something. Because I don't want to hear this. I don't want to see here make this challenge and then, 
know what I'm saying? Like, you arguing with me about a specific one. Like, that's fine. Like, we not I have to argue. Just tell me about it, right? Right. So, on here, it's obviously the clear one was no liquor. Right? That's, that's hard for some people. It's hard for some people, and I get that. Like, I, I understand that, right? And so, one of them made the case of saying, yo, listen, I, I can't really do that because with my lifestyle, like, I go out a lot. I go out to network and stuff. I go out to do this and that. Like, I'm always getting asked to do things like... Even if I, I don't even drink a lot in the first place, I just drink a, a little bit, and that's what it is. I'm just like, okay, fine. Like, it, it, it's, 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 it's cool. Like, I'm not going to trip about that, but you need to add, like, one extra contingency on top of that. Yeah, you got to add something. You got to take away. If you add some contingency, you have to add, a, a, you know, something else to, like, circ- circumvent that. Right, so, that. like, if you're going to drink, right, that's fine. It's not really essentially the point of the challenge. You're supposed to – essentially, the point of this is to give up your greatest – um, your greatest uh, God damn it! Advice? Not advice. What did you say? Vice? V- vice, like your greatest vice, like the thing that you your greatest pleasures. That's the right one. That's the word I was looking for. Essentially, it's just giving up your greatest pleasures, right? So when you think about mm-hmm. pleasures, food, alcohol, liquor, drugs, like whatever it might, whatever it might be, it's giving right. that up for three weeks, right? And my my thing behind it is. Okay, would you, if someone was literally put a gun up to your parents' head, God forbid, right. would you be able to give these things up for three weeks? You'd have More to. More than likely, 99% of people would be like, yes, absolutely. Well, yeah. Okay, so do it for yourself and hold yourself accountable, right? Because you're in, now you're just, at this point, you're increasing your, well, I call it discipline capacity, mm. right? You're giving up something that you enjoy to do, you you like doing, like, like for example, you like drinking, you like eating sugar, masturbation whatever whatever it might be doesn't matter but if you can give that up for just a little bit right it takes 21 days to break a habit right if you can do that then after that 21 days maybe like by day like 22 23 if you still are doing it you're gonna get to the point where it's like okay damn like you may not want to do it anymore you don't even want to do this shit anymore right right so that was my philosophy behind it like give that up for three weeks let's just see what happens like how your body might change or how your mindset might change right. after this right right it's a whole list full of things like to do essentially I mean, it's the same thing that i think same things that i read earlier right but imagine imagine like you said like people coming up with like ways to circumvent the rules coming up with contingencies and like if you really cared about making a change you would find a way to make it work for you still the thing I thought of is like if he doesn't want to drink, like if he still has to go be social, just order shots of water. Tell the bartender, "Hey, I'm not drinking, but I want to make it look like I'm drinking." They can help you with that. I've done that. Literally, I, I used did to, that last night. I did that. With, I did that. The like, I think it was three weeks ago. I was supposed to be drinking with these people, and they're like, "Hey, take a shot with me." And I told her, "Like, I don't care what you do. Find a way to pour a shot of something that looks exactly like what they're pouring. I don't care how you do it." But it cannot be alcoholic because I am not drinking tonight. And she was like, oh, why? She didn't even, she didn't go, oh, I can't do that. She was like, oh, why? Like, I'll help you with that. But how, like, can I know why? And I was just like, I just, it's something with my stomach. Like, I just. No, it's not going to be a good idea. Yeah, like, nobody wants to see me throw up in public. I Like I said before, I get embarrassed if I'm throwing up in public. You don't want to be that kid in school who threw up in class. 
You got stain on the carpet? Yeah, that was Jimmy. Jimmy, this is Jimmy's stain right here. Every, every a, time. Almost a permanent mark. It's just like you, you, every class was carpet except for the science class. So, yeah, throw up in science class, push it into the drain. Cool. But, like, yeah, it's embarrassing to throw up in public. So, like, getting wasted and doing all that shit in public just doesn't entertain me anymore either. So, like, yeah. I get what he's saying. If he has to entertain people, cool. But still, find a way... If you really care about the rules, if you really care about something like that, you'll find a way. And that's something that I don't like about certain people. It's like, even if they make a commitment, they'll find a way to circumvent the rules. I do it sometimes. And I just know myself. And I know that, like, if I'm doing something that I think is bad, it's not always the worst. I have a very high criticism of myself. Yeah. So, like, other people's level of, like, what is bad and what is like good is way different than mine like what i think is good could be has to be like great for other people like way over the top good but for me like that standard if you raise your standard of good you start off like expecting a little bit more of people Mm. and then your friend group starts to get smaller and smaller and you're like you see the people who actually care about you and you're like holy shit Bro, and that's what I'm saying, like, doing, like, small challenges like this. And it's for three weeks. The one I'm doing with the men's group is six. Like it's, Six weeks is still not that much. It's like, not that bad. It's really, like, what, a month and a half? A month and a half, yeah. It's not that bad. Like, it's really not that bad. We're doing, like, we took in-body tests because one of the guys is a doctor. So we, take, we all took in-body tests to see, like, how much our bodies would transform after, right? So I took an in-body, and I compared it from my last in-body, right? I'm up just off of like giving up liquor and just working out every day. Just, you know what I'm saying? Da da da. I gained five pounds of muscle. Ooh. I lost uh, a percent and a half of body fat. So I went from 17.5 to 16. Um, my skeletal muscle mass. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, all these things. All these like, metrics are going up. They're, they're going, well, yeah, going up. In the right direction. In the right. There we go. <laughs> I got to phrase that right. <laughs> going up in the, in the right direction. And it's not like. Like, I'm not doing this to like be better than anybody. I'm just doing this to really. I'm. I got a couple of screws loose up here, bro. I'm not hey, gonna lie. We all do. We I all got do. A couple of screws loose up here, so I was like, I like to try like shit like that. Like, well, that's a self improvement thing that I think maybe that's embedded in both of us. Like the be- being the best version of yourself is very attractive. Like I think. Oh, that's Mocha. She's like, who is black man? Right. <laughs> Well, like, I think trying to be the best version of yourself is very important. Waking up every morning, trying to, like, get good at something or get better at something is, like, a challenge that I challenged myself to before I got to college. Because I was like, if I go to college and I don't come out with a degree, I better have learned something. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I better come out with something because my parents aren't going to let me back in the house unless I got either a piece of paper that says you graduated or you got... A job with like some money behind it because right, exactly. like you just have to and that's that goes back to men being measured by their worth a little bit i mean my parents instilled that i needed to go to college from early on but i think it was really because they wanted to see me round out as a person they weren't being like your value is based on if you get this thing right but it was still a thing that like nowadays i wish i would have not gone because the money aspect it's not even so much of what i learned because like i feel like i could have learned that somewhere else i'm glad that i learned it but it's like i spend so much money to learn it Mm. i could have learned that for much less money yeah man what i got out of college and 
me being a, a, an a, a athlete in college is just like, okay, like I had one goal in mind. That was get to the NFL, and I'll obviously I'll do the schoolwork. I'll do what I have to do. But I think one thing that, you know, from college athletics I learned is just like more than anything, like people really judge you. A genuine person judges you off your character. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, and that's why I rock with you so heavy because your character, bro, is literally top tier. Like, appreciate that, kids, bro. You have you have a good heart, man. Like, you're very genuine. Like, I can just that radiates off of you. That's why people like you. Like, that's why people like enjoy you around. You know what I'm saying? I hope like, so, man. I got to I, I really see that for me. That's why like I don't I don't mind like coming here at any time of the day to do bro. Like well, I I need I need a, a co-host for a show I'm working on. So I this was supposed to be with that guy that dropped out. And this is where like I'm a little sad that he dropped out because this opportunity I would be more comfortable with had he stuck it out. Because yeah. if he's if he's going to flake on this, what well, who's like I got a big opportunity in front of him. Who's going to say he's not going to take that? You know what I yeah. mean? Like so with this whole Tom Bernard thing is like he's got a studio. He he's got you know, connections with Hubbard. He's got, you know, this and that. It's like, if I find a way to work that into a show and I need a co-host for a certain type of show, I need someone I can trust. Yeah, man. And right now that's, that's you. So in my head, I have this idea for a show. And I think I've told you, I'm not going to, people are going to steal my show idea. I'm not going to do it, but, but I mean, the idea is there and I just need someone who I can trust. So, and that's, that's going to end up being you. So, uh, be prepared. If you ever got to circle back and figure it out with bro, they figure that out, bro. If it make, if it makes sense, cause like, you know me, it's no hard feelings with me. This, like, I I like this. I like very chill atmosphere. I like this type of stuff where I could just be like my overall, like authentic self right now. Yeah. If it makes sense, then like figure it out with bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm gonna support you regardless. Like I yeah. don't care. If you dead ass needed me to be your co host for a specific set, like I'll make time for that shit. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh but, yeah. Well I mean I got I got a lot of good things moving. Up to something season means that like with the Tom Bernard podcast, like I'm gonna take bits and pieces from this, from a, a future episode I'm gonna do with Bob Kendrick. Who is the president of the Negro League Baseball Museum? Yeah, yeah. I yep. told you about that. He agreed to be on my show, and now I have an avenue where I want to broadcast that message because I didn't know how I wanted to do it, and now I do because I'm working with that producer over at Tom Bernard's show. Um, but yeah, that's going to be an epic interview. I can't wait to talk about like Satchel Page with him and like talk about baseball and how it's evolved and just like they just got approved for a newer upgrade to the the baseball museum. Mm. it looks fantastic like it's i can't wait to ask him about that like big things are coming and that just means that like i need people behind me that i can trust so that's where we're at right now and that's why i'm glad you're here i mean the the podcast is growing i'm at i'm close to 200 subs which is i was at 80 the last time you were here so i've I've added 100 subs since then and that it's all from doing some like breakdown videos of umpires Bro, I have been watching your shit on the low. <laughs> the umpire videos are fucking hilarious because, like, well, except for the most recent one I posted, a, a 61-year-old vet umpire got knocked out by a parent. Like, we can't have that. We can't oh my have God. that. Yeah, he, he, uh, his son got a warning in a game, and he, after the game, came up to the umpire when he wasn't looking and just cold-cocked him, knocked him out. Yeah, a 61-year-old veteran, too. So, like, this guy fought for your freedom, and you're just going to... You're just gonna knock him out, like, on, yeah. yeah. 
So I, you know, as much as I was ridiculing some umpires and you know highlighting a bad few moments, I wanted to highlight something on the opposite side and be right. like, hey, look, like I'm on the side of good umpiring. Like I want the officials to be good at their job and I want the game to run smoothly. I don't care how that's done. I just want that to be done. And I'm going to criticize both sides, parents, coaches, and players alike. Like I don't care who you are. I want the game to be good. I want the game of baseball to be pure and fun. And like the emotions of the game are getting high now. Like we're getting mad at players for celebrating home runs. And I'm like, we we need to grow. We need to grow. We need. We can't get lit to. no more. Off of, you know? Oh, this. Oh, I have a clip for you. This we kid hit. No this kid hit now. a grand slam in his last at bat of his of his uh, high school career, and people are mad at him for for pimping it. And I'm like, I'd be pimping it all the way to the fucking parking lot. Man, well, I damn near might hit a crib walk uh, from third base to home. Yeah, I'm just saying, like. <laughs> It, it it is it is a high school kid that just like you just know like he's yeah this is great grand slam in his final high school at bat he's like yeah that's right oh in Texas too oh it's Ooh. Texas this is Texas baseball yeah. Texas baseball and football are real yeah, they serious go crazy in baseball. When you can play oh, all his round. last at bat too. His final at bat of his high school career, and he hits a grand slam. Of course, you're gonna pimp that shit. Look at his teammates. Ah. I'm dead. Yeah. He's like, uh huh. Those jerseys are icy too. Yeah, those jerseys is hard, bro. I was gonna say. Oh. Oh, he cranked that out too. Bro. So I, I. In MLB The Show, I created jerseys kind of like that, but instead of that patch where it says the letters, it's got this, uh, it's got this, because that's going to be my new logo. <laughs> I'm trying to put that on some hats, bro. I'm trying to put that on some hats, like some all-black hats or some trucker hats. Wouldn't, be that be, wouldn't that be hard? That'd be hard, yeah. Bro, it's a, it's a toilet paper podcast. I'm yeah, TP, baby. I'm TP, baby. <laughs> Don't play with them. I, my, my thing is the TP Fun Squad, and it's just it's t- toilet paper on the hat, toilet paper here, and then... My away jerseys are, it just says fun squad. That's hard. Bro, I, I don't know. Hard. I get creative sometimes. Sometimes. Just a little bit. Yeah. You got you to gotta, you gotta throw a little bit of sauce to the to the, to the the subscribers out there for now, but we can't give them the full. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll, get, I'll show some full, bits and mean. pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I appreciate you being here, brother. Brother, man, you already know it's always a pleasure being on with you, man. Well, we're going to have a big behind the scenes for the wedding because the last thing I'm going to show you before before we, we get out here. That low key. Oh, it, the best part is like I got a videographer and I'm going to get in touch with them because the I know you know about like when you walk into a uh, a game or you know you gotta you gotta look fresh as you walking into game the game fits, game day walkthroughs you know, game day walkthroughs you know, all that in. shit oh you know I'm coming in this first. is what you're going to be walking with as you walk in look at that look at that that's that's a that's a that's a baseball jersey that's gonna say groomsman on it that's hard and it's gonna be navy with some navy and gold trim oh yeah that's hard as that hell. yeah you're gonna be walking in with we that game day fits that's bro. what i'm saying day. i seen some guy did that for his wedding like he said the one request he asked for his wedding was to have a photographer have them walking inside with like some game day fits that's like, exactly what i'm requesting yeah, too that's, that's exactly hard. what i'm that's requesting so yeah, you see, I you can you can picture it now Graham too. Graham gonna go crazy, <laughs> bro. I can't wait. My wedding is gonna be all content. Like I can't wait. So no, it's yeah, gonna so it's gonna be amazing. 
Looking forward to it. No, nah, looking forward to it too, Hell brother. Yeah. I appreciate the invitation to the groomsmen. That's appreciate you being here. It's big time, brother. Ooh, an hour and thirty.